monster fuckers, monster lovers, and monster friends. Just wanted to let you know that the show is going on a minor hiatus. One of our actors is in the middle of a move. Plus, I kind of need the break. The amount of editing that goes into this podcast is a lot, uh, especially for a newbie like myself. We hopefully should be back by March. Now, without further ado, enjoy the show. This is an erotica podcast that focuses on LGBT relationships and teratophilia. Listener discretion is advised. I'm sorry that your human had to go back home. What is this? I want to touch him. Hold him. This isn't enough. We have no legal way to enter each other's territory. Unless we're escorting someone. Hello. It will be a pleasure working with you today. Make sure these humans stay out of public sight as much as possible, or I swear... not saying I will do anything, but... There's nothing wrong with imagining. I don't like them talking about my... Talking about him that way. What will you say if you're caught? I would say the truth. Tell them it was only a moment of passion. Is it? Solar cells that repair themselves? Yes, and oddly enough, we got the idea from plants. You see, when a plant is damaged by intense ultraviolet light, it repairs itself by producing new cells. Solar panels can withstand a lot of heavy damage, but they aren't unbreakable. So we replicated the natural process found in plant cells and used it for the solar panel silicon cells. Throw a rock at one of the finest solar panels in Kujijimura, and I promise it will repair itself in two days flat. It's been six hours of this. Six hours of talking about plants, technology, and whatever Zara the Windseeker is. I look around the table and everybody, excluding B and Pascal, look just about as bored as me. I wish monster tech could be half as advanced as humans. But you guys do so much better than us. What? The little tech we have barely compares to yours. Uh, Advancement in technology doesn't always mean electronics. Take, for example, the layout of Morimitsu. The layout? Yes. Morimitsu is one of the most advanced architectural design divisions I've ever seen. You all put so much thought and creativity into making sure your territory is not only beautiful, but accessible. Tactile maps and guides built into every building, nosing on handrails, foldable ramps in your bathrooms. There's nothing special about those items. They're just implemented because monsters aren't built the same. Neither are humans, yet we still struggle to make our territories livable for all, which is probably why we steal so many of your building designs. I wouldn't call it stealing. Besides, we borrow as much from you humans as you do with us. Yeah, but human tech hasn't even done as half as much for humanity as your species plant life has. Human life expectancy used to be about a hundred years at most. Now we live about twice that age, some even up to three hundred. And it's all thanks to adding monster herbs into our vaccines. I'm 110. A thousand years back, I most likely would have died before even making it to age 80. Uh, 110? I swear you don't look a day past 30. Uh, thank you. 
I think it's time to turn in for the night. What? Why? You've been talking to Dr. Kuo for hours now. Don't you think you should give her a chance to rest? Please. It's... it's night already? Have we really been talking for that long? I'm sorry, Dr. Kerr. No, no, it's fine. I... I didn't notice either. I... I really enjoy talking to you. Me too. I mean, to you. I mean, I... like... you, uh... I mean, I enjoy talking to you. So, where are we supposed to drop off the humans? I believe we agreed for Dr. Kerr to stay in my guest room. It has a bathroom and is right next to the living room, where you can keep watch. Elmer, I want to assign you on watch duty. M me By myself? Your species can survive on little sleep, making you the best pick for guardsmen. Of course, if you don't feel up to the job, then... No, 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 sir. It would be an honor to take on the position of guardsman. But what about the other humans? Where will they stay? With me. What? Vesta shoots me a worried look, and I just smile at her in response. Vesk and I already thought this through. I can't allow an officer to be left alone with two humans, especially not a captain. I mean, why can't they stay somewhere else? And where else do you suggest they stay? The inns here aren't exactly human-friendly. Yes, but to allow yourself to sleep in the same room as humans? It's too dangerous. What if they kill you while you sleep? I resist rolling my eyes. They're human, but they're not foolish. They won't attack me on monster territory. Not with how easy it would be to track them down. I suppose so, but... Elmer, trust me. <sighs> Fine. You better not do anything fishy. I assure you, killing Beth, your captain, is the furthest thing from my mind. After a bit of coaxing, we leave the house. As I step off the last stair, I can't help but look back at it. I can't believe he literally lives in a treehouse. Or, or is that a birdhouse? Or is that speciesist? Tell me, am I being speciesist? <laughs> no, but I'm glad you're making the effort to watch what you say. Do you think it's safe for those two to be talking to each other? Ah, don't worry. B is asexual. We don't have to worry about anything happening between them. We walk back to Basque's cabin. We don't even make it to the door before our purple-winged beast flies into Vesta. Vesta... Cherry... Can you two at least wait until you're out of sight? Sweetie... I'm afraid I wasn't able to bring any of my... gear with me. We'll have to play Toyless tonight. Actually, I... thought that might be the case. So... I... have... brought some myself. Oh, really? Why don't you take me to your house and show me what you brought? Remember to be back here before sunrise. We will. <sighs> I swear, they're like a bunch of horny teenagers. Mm-hmm. <sighs>
gods, I've been waiting for this all day. Go take a shower and clean yourself thoroughly. I have a surprise for you. I don't even bother putting my clothes back on. I just walk towards the bedroom covered in nothing but a towel. The room is dimly lit, thanks to all the candles placed around the bedroom. I take a deep breath, and the scent of lavender fills my nose. He's sitting on the edge of the bed, fully erect. I drop my towel. Come here. Turn over. I look behind me and see him staring at my ass with earnest. He massages my cheeks with his massive hands. I rest my head on a pillow nearby and enjoy the ministration. I relax as I feel him spread them apart. I was in anticipation. Excited to feel his fingers inside me once more. <sighs> Something wet and hot just stroked itself against my entrance. I look back and see his tongue hanging near my ass. Is something wrong? Th that's not your finger! Yes, it's not. Is that a problem? You're going to... Have you never tried rimming before? Huh? What's rimming? His eyes widen and a huge grin appears on his face. For a moment I'm frightened because I've never seen him look so excited before. I can't believe no one ever. Please, let me be your first. I... you're going to lick... down... there? Listen, I'm no blushing virgin and I've heard talk of such things, but I never had a guy want to... do that to me. Yes, but only if you want me to. But trust me, you will love it. Fine, I'll try it just this once. I rest my head back down on the pillow and wait for him to continue. This actually doesn't feel that bad. My ass seems to have nerves that I didn't even know were there. Oh, God, his tongue, he just stuck in it. It's going in. I can feel it swirling around. Oh, fuck, ask. <laughs> He's actually laughing? Oh, damn him and his thick, long, beautiful tongue. With each thrust, the wet appendage circles inside me, stroking the flesh that tries to cling on to it. He hits it, 
He finally hits it. I clawed the sheets and bite on my pillow. The only thing preventing me from thrashing about on the bed like a madman is Brask's tight grip on my legs. The sensation's too much. I reach down and stroke myself. It feels so good. I push my ass further into his face as I feel my balls tighten. Bask! Bask! So, did you enjoy? We keep this plan going for months, carrying out an escort mission once a week so we can just spend a night together. Everything was going great, until... Officer Perez. Oh, Daphne. What brings you to headquarters? I needed to talk to you about a certain situation. If it's something important, you need to go to the front desk first. No, this isn't officer related. Oh, well, then you went to tell me after work? This is really important. It's just that I'm about to go to lunch right now and- I know that you and Captain Nakamura are sleeping with monsters. You know what? Let's talk. Captain, would you mind coming to the office with us, please? How did you find out? I should be feeling nervous, or at the very least scared, and yet I don't. Strangely enough, I feel calm and relaxed. Like a weight I hadn't even realized I was carrying is now off me. If anything, Daphne looks like the one who is the most frightened here. The grip on the skirt of her dress is tight, her bottom lip is red from chewing on it so much, and she's attempting to make eye contact with anything in the room that's not us. Well, I had help figuring it out. The Queen mentioned how often you two were going to the clinic recently. She mentioned that you either had new partners or were just enjoying life. I also have a friend in Morimitsu. What? He mentioned how he could smell you on one of the offices over there. That means nothing. I do escort missions with him. Yes, but he said that if that was only what it was, it wouldn't smell so strong. He calls it the scent of lovers. Each of the partner's scents seems to mix with each other after multiple times of coupling. Okay. So we're sexually active and your friend's friend smells different. That's not enough to go off of. 
Yeah, well, what really clued us in was your, um, rope. Your, um, hobbies aren't exactly a secret within the kingdom, especially not with our queen, and... Well, my friend said he glimpsed rope tied across another of his friend's back when she went to reach for something. Rope that had your initials on them. Why do you have rope with your initials on them? Branding is everything, Angel. <sighs> so, you plan on turning us in? What? No! I don't want to do that. Then why tell us you know? Because... because I want to see him. My friend, that is. Have you and this friend... Yes. I don't understand. How did you two even meet? I was doing a show in a city not too far from here. I had just missed the carriage that brought humans to Kijijimura. The next human-only carriage wouldn't be available until the day after. So, I took one that wasn't human-only. We met that night on the wagon, and it was... magical. By the gods. Who isn't fucking a monster around here? We've been communicating since then by using keep-a-secret paper. He says he will talk to his friends, too, to see if they can figure out a way to get me over there. I don't know, Daphne. Just requesting to do an escort mission for Pascal was hard enough. Yeah. And they got a prince over there who doesn't really care for humans. What if we're unable to get you over there? Oh. Then I guess I just won't be able to see him. But I at least want to try. She looks how I felt when I was leaving Basque for the first time. Fuck. We've got a problem. I know. Asmodeus confronted me this morning. What do we do? I don't know. It's already hard enough doing this once a week. I can only imagine how stressful it will be doing it two times. Yeah, I, I know, but... But? But we need to find a way. The way she talked about meeting him, it just reminded me of us. Hey, stop it. This isn't me being emotional. I just want to help a friend. Also, if we pull this off, that means we'll be able to see each other more. I might even be over there when it's your birthday next month. I mean, it's fine if you don't want me over there, then. I understand if you might have plans with your friends. No, I want you here. I really want you here. I've been thinking about it for weeks now, how you would not be here for it. So when you mentioned that there might be a chance, I was a bit too excited to respond. Sorry. Oh, uh, that's fine. Um, what do you want for your birthday? Nothing. No, seriously. I mean it. The only thing I want for my birthday is you. Oh my gods, you're such a cornball smog. Hey, I'm being serious. I know you are, and that's what makes it worse. You sound like a character from one of Daphne's plays. <gasps> I have an idea. You want to go over to Morimitsu to do what now? 
I want to go over to teach monsters, well, a monster, the skills and techniques of drama. I look at the council. They look concerned, but no outright objections. Yet. I stare at the queen trying to get a read on her. Nothing about her expression or body language gives anything away. The most she does is rub at the scarf around her neck, which is just a habit of hers. I understand you want to teach your craft, but to send you over into monster territory, it's way too dangerous, especially for something so minor as acting. Minor? So the arts aren't important? No, that, that's not what I meant. The arts are important, but how does it benefit humans to have you teach monsters the craft? Escort missions are usually only done when each side hopes to gain something from it. Um, well... History. I'm sorry? I said history. No offense, your highness, but I notice a lack of accuracy in our education system. Voyager Hamid didn't find this land by himself. He had the help of an orc named He Chul. Monsters didn't cause the blackout disease years ago. A sick house cat did. Also, we've been cooking the nation's dish dragon buns wrong. The ingredient is supposed to include a monster herb called moon tears that makes the bread possess the right amount of sweetness. Where did you hear all this? I learned them all being over in Morimitsu. We may not like each other, but we need to come to terms with the fact that we share a deep history with one another. A history we should all know. And this monster, Cherry, I believe, she will provide this vast amount of unknown knowledge? Maybe not so vast, but she is a secretary at the monster headquarters. She has access to records on war, soldiers, and possibly even some information on old human weaponry. Council? <sighs> okay. We have decided. We will allow your escort mission. <gasps> yes! Asmodeus looks at Daphne as if she is his light, and Daphne looks at him as if he was the greatest play ever created. Asmodeus. Daphne. They kiss each other. In the open, and we allow it. It's only fair. Asmodeus is as tall as Basque, but with a larger frame. His black beard added on with huge gray horns makes him look like the definition of the devil. Yet despite his appearance, he gently kisses Daphne, caressing her back as he holds her slim body against his massive one. They break apart and smile at each other like teens who had just finished fondling. Let's go. It's almost the same as last time. We stop by headquarters, we sign the papers, only this time we have a different meeting location. Is Asmodeus like super rich or something? His house is huge! He's related to a great commander. During the war, she took down more than a hundred troops and was given land and money in return. Cool. I mean, the part about killing my species isn't cool, but I must give respect where respect is due. The door comes into view and... God damn it! <sighs> the royal pain in the ass is standing there too. 
And surprise, surprise, he doesn't look happy. What would your ancestor say if she could see you now? Bringing humans into your home after she spent years making sure they never stepped foot on this land. I believe she would be pleased, your highness. As tough as a soldier as she was, she cared more about friendship than the bloodshed of men. Sherry's home cannot fit such a large amount of people, so I offered my home as a place for her to practice. Ah, yes. The succubus. She's the one to blame for this infestation. The prince turns his heated gaze towards Sherry, who just stares daggers right back. I mean, I hate the guy, but I can't help but be concerned for him. I just slowly put my hands over my crotch. Your Highness, please. The quicker we go inside, the faster we'll be out of sight and out of mind. I'm not a fool. I know something is going on here. Like, what is this? Some plan to overthrow the kingdom? Teaming up with the humans who can take down my brother? Uh, for the thousandth time, no one is teaming up with anyone. Ah, then you're working with the Queen. You help take down Morimitsu, and in return you get some nice cushy land in Kijijimura. Gods, why can't this asshole just leave us alone? He takes up the small amount of time I have with Bask every mission. Your Highness, I promise you, I am loyal to this kingdom. I have no nefarious plans to see it destroyed or turn my back on it. I just want to carry out this escort mission. Please, let me. No. Uh... You're up to something. I can just feel it. You're... What's that? What? That... That thing you're eating. What is it? A-a-a uh, uh, apple? Honeycrisp, to be specific. It looks so ripe and delicious. The prince stares at the fruit like a starved dog staring at a piece of steak. Do they not have fruit here? If she gives it to you, will you leave us alone? Huh? Really? I, I mean, I, I... No, no. Why would I want it anyway? It's got disgusting human germs on it. I have more in my satchel. I was planning on sharing. Oh! He snatches all five apples with lightning quick speed. The way he has them gathered in his arms makes him look like a mother bird guarding her eggs. Fine. I'll leave. For now. Ugh. Humans. Oh, those were Lyric's special apples, too. Let's go inside before he comes back. Whoa! This was a luxurious house! White linoleum floors, spiraling staircase in the middle of the room, a Roomba? Asmodeus, your house is so lovely. Thank you, my dear. I had it cleaned just yesterday for your arrival. Please, allow me to show you around. And show us he did. He took us to his pool, his unbelievably huge kitchen. He even took us to a stable where he kept his pet Pegasus. However, I couldn't help notice that during the tour, he wasn't talking to us as a group. His attention was mainly focused on Daphne. His eyes were always on her. His hand never left the side of her back. He listened to every word that left her lip. 
It's interesting seeing the two of them interact with each other. They've only seen each other once before, yet they communicate and touch one another like a couple who's been together for years. I look beside me and see a frown on Bast's face. What's wrong? Hmm? Oh, uh, nothing. Come on, Blue Eyes, tell me what's wrong. I see the way you marvel at Asmodeus' house, and I just... I can never impress you in such a way. What? Oh, Basque, you don't need to worry about that. Yeah, just dig a hole in your backyard, let it rain, and call it a pool. You'll never realize the difference. Cherry, be nice. Anyway, his house is cool, but I love your cabin. It's cozy and nice. Besides, if you didn't own that cabin, we probably would have never gotten to know each other as we do now. He smiles at me and then grabs my hand. A part of me also wants to mention the reality of the situation. What's the point of worrying about the way a house looks when we will never be able to live under the same roof? And here is our final stop. The room we enter is just about as large as, well, every other room we just came across. However, what makes this room different is the huge mattresses, sheets, and pillows covering the floor. <laughs> is this the room you use for your sleepovers? Asmodeus. A sheepish smile appears in the demon's face. He then gently wraps his hands around one of Daphne's wrists and pulls her close to him. Basque. You do not understand how much I appreciate what you have done for me today. Daphne and I always talked about meeting each other again, but we never thought. Daphne smiles up at him before wrapping her arms around his waist and resting her head on his chest. Daphne is one of the best actors I have ever seen. She lives, eats, and breathes for the stage. But not even on stage have I ever seen her as comfortable and relaxed as I see her now. I wish... I wish to enact an orgium bomb. <gasps> Asmodeus, are you serious? What's an orgium bond? It's something done between monsters to show their loyalty to one another. It's considered the highest form of friendship among monsters. You know a lot about this. Have you done it already? Oh, no, but Asmodeus wrote to me about it before we met today, and I, um, agreed to do it. So... What do you have to do? Not just me. Us. All of us. We must all have sex in this room together. What?! It doesn't have to be together together. We just all need to have sex within a few inches of one another. I turned to Vesta to see if she was hearing the same thing as me, but she doesn't notice my glance. Instead, she's staring down at Sherry, whose cheeks are as pink as her hair right now. Is this something you would be interested in? Yeah, yes. Huh. I agree to take part in the bond. Basque? I won't lie. I am honored that Asmodeus would request a bond with me. But if this is something you don't feel comfortable with, then I have no problem declining it. Yes, Angel, you don't have to take part in this if you don't want to. I just thought it would be a, um, fun thing to do, since we're all kind of in the same boat. Yeah, it's not like anyone wants to see your bony butt anyway. Hey! My derriere is as round as a peach! Also, don't act like you wouldn't want an extra pair of eyes watching you. Her cheeks turn even pinker, but her mouth stays closed. Angel? 
I don't think I'm ready for a full-out orgy yet. But as long as we're not touching each other, I guess I'm okay with it. Yes, thank you. Um, can we start now? It's just that it's been so long since Daphne and I... Basque looks at me. Well, it's not like we came here to bake cookies. The two kiss with a hunger that must have been building for years. Daphne's slim fingers unbutton his uniform, and his giant hands pull down her dress. I let out a surprised <laughs> gasp as I feel Basque's warm mouth on my neck. Don't focus only on them. You're making me jealous. <sighs> Sorry. In the corner of my eyes, I see Vesta and Sherry already naked and laying down on a mattress nearby. I fall to my knees and pull down Basque's shorts. I give the head of his cock a light suck before swallowing it whole. Oh, I swear your mouth is a gift from above. I look over to Asmodeus and Daphne as I continue to pleasure Basque. They're both naked now, save for the silk panties Daphne still wears. Asmodeus grinds his thick shaft against her rear as he rubs the outline of the cock that bulges against the white undergarment. You look just as beautiful as the day we met. Deus. He kisses his way down her back until he's kneeling on the floor. He grabs a hold of her panties and pushes them down. Oh, my love. I just want you so badly, and I didn't want to waste any time. So... I understand. He gently reaches inside her and pulls out a black plug before carelessly tossing it aside. He then fingers her, slow and deep. I suck on Basque harder, massaging his balls as I do. Jerry, I... yes. I look over to the two girls and see Sherry lavishing Vesta's clit with her tongue. She pauses to give me a smirk before going back to mouthing the pink nub. Annoyed, I take Basque deeper into my throat. Guards! I continue massaging his balls as my other hand joins my mouth, stroking his shaft every time my lips rise back to his head. I send a challenging glare to Cherry. The succubus picks up on it and inserts two fingers inside Vesta. She moves them in a circular motion as she pumps the digits in and out of Vesta's lips, all while still sucking on her clitoris. Angel! I force him to push forward as I bury my nose in his groin. I concentrate on breathing through my nose as I push my head back and forth. Yes, gods. I swirl my tongue around his head every time I move up and suck hard around his shaft as I go down. I was about to look over to Sherry and give her a smirk. Or at least the best smirk one can give when deep-throating. Yes, Deus, please. My eyes turn towards the lovers to see they're both on the ground. Daphne is lying back flat on the mattress as Asmodeus towers over her. Asmodeus's cock looks desperate with need as it hovers near Daphne's entrance. Oh. 
Daphne. I look in awe as the demon's thick shaft sinks into her thin body. Enough. Basque pulls himself out of my mouth and then joins me on the ground. He kisses me from my cheek to neck, making his way down to my stomach. From the top, he smiles at me before grabbing me and placing me on top of him. I lean down to kiss him as I position his cock near my ass. You always feel so amazing. Ever the flatterer. I lay seated on his pelvis. I wiggle around a bit just to make sure nothing's tore. Don't do that unless you're ready for me to move. What's wrong? A little orgy got you too excited there, Scales? <laughs> he thrust upward, causing me to hold onto his hips as visions of white flash before my eyes. Bastard! <laughs> you started it. I bride him, leading him with each thrust. As I lean my head back, my eyes rest on Vesta and Sherry's mattress. Sherry is now sitting on Vesta's lap, her body shaking as Vesta fingers her. He's watching the... Make sure you put on a good show. Sherry opens her eyes to stare at me. It's hard to tell what she thinks with her glazed over eyes and reddened face. She then smiles and pushes herself against Vesta's fingers, looking me dead in the eyes as she does. I move faster on Basque. Fucking myself fast and deep as I try to match the euphoric expression on Sherry's face. Asmodeus's hips seem to move in a blur as he fucks Daphne with a speed that could only be done thanks to his demonic nature. She grips tightly on the sheets below her as she moans in pure ecstasy. Fuck. I stroke myself to the scene. Mass grabs my hips and pounds into me with a speed that matches Asmodeus. I look back at Vesta's and Sherry's mattress and see the two have changed positions. Sherry is laying flat on the mattress, legs wrapped around Vesta's waist as Vesta rubs her clit against hers. God, you're so beautiful. Shit. I don't know if it's from watching others, but I feel myself about to come. Ask. He knocks my hand away and replaces it with his. The stimulation from his callous palm is all I need to send me over the edge. Something about my release feels more intense than usual, like I'm coming six times over. feel Basque shoot inside me. I can tell his release was huge, as I can already feel it dripping out of me. I smile at him and lean my body over to kiss him, but before I can even do that, I feel my balls tighten again. I look at Basque in shock. He just stares at me with a knowing expression on his face as he thrusts into me again. (sighs) 
I look over to Sherry and Vesta's mattress and see the two linking fingers as they come against each other. As I watch Vesta kiss Sherry's cheeks, I feel it happening. Bass continues to stroke me as I feel him fill me once again. That was weird. I was about to pull off a Basque, but then I felt it again. Basque! He looks at me tenderly and caresses my face. One more time. I know you can do it. With his encouragement, I write him again. I turn my dazed eyes towards Asmodeus and Daphne. The demon is slamming so hard into her. I'm worried if she'll be able to perform for next week's play. However, by the look on her face, I don't think she minds it. Asmodeus, I'm... Yes, me too, love. Exhausted, I fall into Basque's chest. Basque's cock finally goes limp and slips out of me. Did you guys feel that too? With much effort, I raise my head up to look up at Vesta. Looks how I feel. Yeah, what the hell was that? Uh, uh, it was the bond. By sharing each other's orgasms, we have become closer. Is this going to be an ordinary occurrence? Yeah, I don't want to be washing dishes and then suddenly creaming my pants. <laughs> no, this will be the only time. He then leans up and kisses me. You did beautifully. Warmth spread through my chest. The bond doesn't mean much to me, but I'm glad I could make him happy by doing it. He wraps his arms around me and rolls our bodies to the side. I don't even bother to move from his embrace as I feel his cum-covered stomach rub against me. I'm happy for them. I couldn't imagine what it would be like to be separated from Basque for so long. Are you sure you don't want anything for your birthday? I told you. I already have it. I smile before closing my eyes. I think this new arrangement will work out great. Baskin Asmodeus was voiced by The Monster Boyfriend. Angel was voiced by Ben Russell. Daphne by Jessica Bordeaux. Cherry by Sonali. Vesta by Aurora Buddy. Prince Fax by J.V. Hampton Van Saint. Elmer by Kyle Nishimura. Pascal by Lewd Audio. B by Dallas Wheatley. Queen Amani by Forenza Audio. Written and sound designed by Chelsea. Special thanks to Jessica Sparkles for censored reading. 
Music used in this app was Uncharted by Tommy Mito, Points in Time by Chill Purpose, and Prologue by Brendan Moeller. Want to support the show? Check out our Ko-fi and Patreon link located in the description. Also, consider following us on our Twitter page at FuckHumans8.